And good morning. This is Real Presence Live. Steve Sponskowski along with Tom O'Keefe. And uh, we're having conversations this morning, hoping that you're enjoying the conversation um, and entering into this conversation again, looking back, how has the Lord been walking with you in your life? How has he been calling you to act of faith and, and trust. act of trust? And what is the next step? Just the next step that he's calling you to. What's that one thing that's really been on your heart this entire time for the number of years, for the last week, for the last, you know, that you've been discerning? And what is the next step? What is he asking you to do? We're going to continue our conversation here. Uh, up next, um, you've heard about uh, Sister Wilhelmina in the news. Oh, okay. We're trying to get her on the line. Okay. We're trying to get Sister on the line to talk about that. We're hoping to talk uh, with a Sister uh, Misericordia about Sister Wilhelmina. Um, so Aaron's going to get her on the line, but in the meantime, we'll continue our conversation here about really that, that trust um, of the Lord. And Tom, you know, it's funny, you and I both uh, entered into the diaconate training. We've been three years entering into our fourth year here. How, how has that been kind of a, a journey of trust? Well, I mean, you talk about trust. I think the, 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 the biggest conversion for me was, was to realize that, that uh, God chose me for my individual talents not anybody else's and because you, you know you, you want to have control you want to think you earned this you you kind of rank yourself against the other guys and and see the great qualities they have and you might have or not have and and so that that first year is a little difficult but then you, you come to peace and start to, to to love your brothers for the gifts that they have and appreciate the gifts that they have as they do you and see the individual gifts that, that you have and uh, just to trust that that uh, God has uh, if, if Lord willing, I'm, I'm, I'm ordained, uh, that he's going to use those gifts that I have, the, those gifts that he's given me, blessed me with, uh, to, do, to do his work. And, and just the, the continual work on your, your interior life and, and uh, the, the way it's enhanced the, my, the prayer, my prayer life with my, with my wife and my relationship with my wife. Yeah, for me too, it's been a, a pretty amazing journey. You get deeper into the faith where I've been studying scripture for three years. We've been, we study the catechism cover to cover for two years, working on the compendium on social doctrine, uh, studying some of the great scholars um, of the church that have really uh, developed the philosophy, um, which upon, of course, theology is built upon in the church. It's just been amazing uh, for these three years. And I'm, you know, it's, there's a lot of work involved, mm -hmm. but, uh, and there's some stress in giving over to the Lord, but uh, just a great opportunity. And just a great appreciation for the, the church itself and uh, the, the the beauty of the church, and, and and that having that church as that authority in in our lives, to keep us from from going astray, and going off the rails, and in, in directions we shouldn't go. Yeah, it's a great uh, a great gift. And anytime you have the opportunity to to deepen your faith, to study the faith, um, you will not be disappointed in what you find um, in the teachings of the church and uh, of the great beauty of this. Uh, really, the the deposit of faith that has been handed on to us by their, our church fathers, by Jesus to the apostles, and then to the to us through the church fathers. So uh, do not be afraid. Uh, trust in him. And uh, we are joined now uh, by Sister Misericordia. Good morning, Sister. Good morning. How are you this morning? I'm doing well. How are you? We're doing great, and we're doing better now that you're with us. So thank you. <laughs> tell us a, tell us a little bit. Yeah, tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, so I'm... My name is Sister Mystery Cordy, as you mentioned, and I am a sister with the Benedictines of Mary, Queen of Apostles. And um, we usually like to explain who we are by just breaking up the name of our community. 
we are the Benedictines, that is, we follow the rule of St. Benedict, um, that has been followed by monks and nuns for hundreds and hundreds of years, and it is a very simple way, a very simple rule for for, for little souls uh, of Orat Labora, work and prayer of St. Benedict. And we're Benedictines of Mary, that is, we have wedded the rule of St. Benedict to the total consecration as taught by St. Louis Marie de Montfort. So we offer our prayer and our work, our Orat Labora, to Jesus through Mary. So we're Benedictines of Mary, Queen of Apostles. And everyone is called to um, imitate the Blessed Virgin Mary, but our community uh, feels particularly called to imitate her life as it was lived in her final years, after the crucifixion, that is, in those final years between the crucifixion and the Assumption, where she lived a hidden life of prayer and sacrifice uh, for the Church, uh, and particularly for the Apostles um, in Ephesus, in modern-day Turkey. And that's where she was kind of a dynamo of, of support for the growing church as it was flourishing throughout the world. She wasn't called to preach and teach all nations like the apostles, but rather to offer her a hidden life of parent sacrifice for them and for the fruitfulness of their ministry. So that's kind of in a nutshell uh, what our community uh, charism uh, entails, or Benedictines of Mary, Queen of Apostles. We're located in Gower, Missouri which is on the northwest corner of Missouri, uh, kind of in the middle of the, the heart of America. Uh, and we have 43 sisters, uh, with uh, sisters starting to trickle in for this year's class, uh, this year's candidates. So by the end of this year, we'll probably be about 50. And then we have a daughter house in southern Missouri, about five hours south of here in Ava, where we have another dozen sisters, and they too will be receiving a few more uh, this year. So we're getting, we're getting close. To seventy at this point, <laughs> with sisters. So the, the remember when there was uh, seventy, he uh, sent them out in pairs, right, by two. So is that is that the next step? <laughs> well, if we keep growing at this rate, we are going to have to start thinking about making another foundation, and we'll see what where the Lord wants us to expand. What a, what a beautiful thing. Well, and we've uh, heard about Sister Wilhelmina in the news a little bit. Um, well, a lot, actually. And I was just reading yeah. the story on your website here. Again, if you want to learn more, go to the website, uh, Sisters, sorry, BenedictinesOfMary.org. BenedictinesOfMary.org. There's a website there. And the story of how Sister Wilhelmina was found is kind of an interesting story because it wasn't really the plan, right? So can you talk a little bit about no. that, how this happened? Yes, so Sister Wilhelmina is our foundress. Our, she started the community back in 1995. She had left her former community, a uh, teaching active uh, community of sisters that she had lived in for 50 years of her religious life. So it was beautiful that at the age of 70, she just felt the Lord was calling her to start afresh uh, with, and start a contemplative community to pray and sacrifice for priests. And so she, at the ripe age of 70, she heard the Lord's call, and she left all things like uh, Abraham and, and started anew and started the community. And then uh, shortly after founding it, she just felt uh, in, her, in her humility that she just wanted to live the life, and she should allow someone else to take over the leadership. And the community kind of flourished around her in the 25 years still of religious life that she offered to the Lord but she was still the heart of the community as, as our foundress. And when she passed away in, in 2018, um, it was a very, very beautiful death. You know, at the time we said, you know, this is like the death of a saint. It's something you don't get to see very, very often. It was, it was really very beautiful, uh, her final 
uh, years and especially her final moments uh, when her bridegroom called her home to heaven. And um, when we said goodbye to her, you know, when you say goodbye to any loved one, you think, well, see you in heaven. Please, God, I hope you see you again in heaven. But we did not uh, realize that we were going to see her again on earth. So um, it's a very common tradition, uh, especially in Europe, you see this a lot. Uh, the founder or foundress of a community will be buried in the church, even before they're canonized. And not just uh, the founder and the foundress, sometimes it's even like the, the prince or the duke who founded a monastery, sometimes is buried in the, in the crypt of a, of a church, or a bishop in his own cathedral. So this is very commonly done. And after um, we were receiving some favors within the community from Sister Wilhelmina's intercession, and even people outside of the community, um, one woman uh, healed from cancer, another uh, young mother um, very nearly died uh, giving birth, and we thought, you know, Sister Wilhelmina, I think, you know, someday she's going to be canonized. She's our foundress. Her rightful place is in the church. So we were going to reinter her very quietly and simply. Um, after four years, the uh, coroners told us, you know, we didn't embalm her. We didn't use a vault or anything when we buried her, just in a simple wood coffin in the ground that we had dug ourselves. And um, we said, you know, you should be able to just, you know, put her bones in a smaller a uh, new coffin and have a place for her in the in the church behind a St. Joseph shrine. Well, that wasn't the Lord's plan because when we thought we were going to dig her up very privately, <laughs> there she was. And um, our secret got out, <laughs> but it was all in God's providence. And people uh, really came by the thousands to come and, and see her and pray with her um, before we reinterred her in a, um, a her shrine that we very quickly changed the uh, design to be glass <laughs> for everyone to see her and um, put her in the church and so there people are still coming to to, to uh, pray with her and be with her and uh, just be marvel in this miracle that God preserved her in in her body that she did not suffer the typical decomposition and decay that we all uh, are part of, part of human, human, the human condition, uh, but God is speaking, I think, through her that uh, about the resurrection of the body, that we are all going to be uh, rising again in body, and uh, and also just really pointing out this is this was not just any old holy nun. There's many holy nuns out there, but this one was uh, he's raising up and drawing attention to for a reason. If you're just joining us, you're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. We're visiting with Sister Misericordia, uh, and she is a part of the Order of the Benedictines of Mary, which, of course, many of you have seen in the news, Sister Wilhelmina, her incorrupt body, um, uh, being uh, found when they were going to move her into a chapel that they're building. And so we're just sharing that story here. And I love on your website, uh, there's a, a one line here, and so... Uh, it says, however, God works in mysterious ways, and we embrace his new plan for us. Uh, we were just been talking about all morning about how the Lord has a plan greater than any of us, any of us can, can even fathom, and he really just gives us the next step. Um, and so it's a kind of a interesting that he uh, is continuing to reveal his plan for the Benedictines of Mary, and, and that you're responding uh, with faith and trust in him. And we're going to continue that conversation with uh, Sister Misericordia. On the other side of the break, this is Real Presence Live. We will be right back. 
This is Real Presence Live. Thank you for joining us, being with us here on this Thursday. Wonderful day. I love Thursday because it's the Luminous Mysteries of the Rosary, which are my new favorite Mysteries of the Rosary. Not new anymore, but uh, new a number of years ago when John Paul II gave them to us. And uh, what a wonderful day to really think upon those mysteries of the Lord and how he really entered in um, and really made a difference, right? I mean, he really entered into the, the regular life uh, of life. Uh, of our lives and bringing us in closer to him. And speaking of being closer to him, we're visiting with Sister Misericordia. Sister, which Misericordia is uh, mercy, um, that that Latin word for mercy. And we're visiting with her this morning about Sister Wilhelmina, uh, and she's part of the Benedictines of Mary. And if you want to look up their website, get more information, benedictinesofmary.org. And uh, we were talking a little bit over the break, Tom, about the rule of St. Benedict, which we just studied a little bit of that in the Deacon. Let's talk yep. about that a little and, bit. And we just touched the surface of it, Steve and Sister, but I was so struck as I was reading through this, the depth of which uh, Benedict went into humility, humility to a, to a, to a virtue that I, I didn't really appreciate uh, the, the, the depth, as, as, as I said. And, you know, we're talking about Sister Will Hamina found in her incorrupt state, and and. and her life must have been magical and, and just just so so spiritual. How, how did she live out this humility uh, in, in her life and with her sisters? And this is something that has really struck us about Sister Wilhelmina. Um, it's too soon to call her a saint, of course, but, I mean, just really uh, everyone is taking uh, away this, this very strong message from the Lord that um, hidden souls, humble souls, little souls, those are the ones that are so, so dear to him. You don't have to do something spectacular that everybody knows about for the Lord. You know, that, hit, that hidden life of, of daily duty, sacrifice, prayer, that is pretty much just known to, to the Lord. You're sure maybe some of your family and friends may know about it, but it's the hidden way, the humble way, that we're all called to that heroic virtue and that is so, so pleasing to the Lord. And I think that's uh, one of the biggest messages for Sister Wilhelmina. The personal sanctity is something that's for all of us. And it doesn't have to be this, you know, you don't have to be Mother Teresa. You don't have to be Francis Xavier. You don't have to be John Paul too. They're, sure, we have those great saints, too. But the, the, the army of the Lord is mostly made up of, of little souls, humble souls, hidden souls, like Sister Wilhelmina. You know, the point you bring up there, too, Sister, is... Even as you talk about those great saints, the greatest things about them we learn after their death because of their their quiet life, the things they did mm-hmm. in their quiet life, the deep devotion they had to our Lord, and the struggles, like with Mother Teresa, the struggles they went through in still remaining faithful to our God. The greatest things about them we find out afterwards, and even like think of Jesus, the life of Jesus. I mean, how many how many years did how many years of active life did he have, and how many years of quiet life did he have at home? Yeah. With his family, yeah. I, and I think we have to look at the, the 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 definition of the term great. You know, we talk about they do, mm-hmm. do great things, and and what what does great mean? And I just think about some of the people that have had the most influence in my life in terms of my spirituality and my faith and my virtue would not be considered great people, but they they experienced greatness at that level of 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 love and charity. Uh, and so I think that's the kind of greatness we should be all aspiring to. And that's the greatness that uh, Our Lady, you know, he, he raises up the humble. He, he calls, the, he calls the, the small souls, the little souls, to give him the everyday sacrifices with great love. And that's true greatness. 
You know, let's look at that word. I always love to look at the word humility because it is it's a it seems like a lofty thought, but it's a it's really a simple idea, right? Humus, the mm-hmm. the, the root word for humus is is dirt, right? And mm-hmm. the, and really one of the great definitions of humility is knowing yourself in relationship to God, our Creator. Knowing yourself, truly knowing yourself in relationship to God, our Creator, um, and to one another. So so true knowledge of self is is humility. And, and I think it goes back to Benedict Benedict's Ora et Labora. Let's take this, this sense of, I mean, humility of doing things, the little things, right? You said, sister, doing the little things well. How, how, how has that been? And I ask you this, in, in your own vocation, um, how, how has this idea of humility and, and the rule of, of St. Benedict or at Labora, prayer and work, how has he, has he been opening that up for you in, in your own vocation? Definitely, that's, that's definitely the case for me, and even, I would say, even before I realized that the Lord was calling me, um, in that um, before I, I realized that the Lord was calling me to be His bride, I was thinking of all the great things I was going to do with my life. I was going to do this, and I was going to do that, but nothing really just clicked. Nothing just seemed right. And they were very grandiose plans, as all young people <laughs> have. They have a lot, lots of enthusiasm. <laughs> and, um, and, but when it really came down to it, I realized... I was going thinking about it all in the wrong way, and that I wasn't thinking of my life as a gift. And I, all my thought process was, "What am I going to do with my life? What am I going to do with my life? I want to do something really great." But once I was able to turn that to the Lord in the proper way and say, "Lord, what do you want me to do with this life that you have given me?" When you realize that your life is a gift, you and you. See yourself before God as His creature, as His child, as His daughter. There's there's a response there because you're in your right relation and and the, the truth of who you are and what true greatness is, and that's totally giving yourself to His plan, which is the greatest plan of all. And it wasn't until I was able to kind of adjust <laughs> spiritual chiropractic there, um, my my prayer that that I felt that I was ready to hear what he was calling me to, to do, and, and that was to give myself to him, and that that was my desire all along, and I was just, my eyes were finally open to his plan for my life, and it wasn't long after that that, that I joined the, joined the community, and just it's been a journey of getting to know his, his will more and more uh, as my bridegroom, and knowing that his plan is better than anything I could envision. I was picturing going off like Mother Teresa or some missionary or something, um, even when I realized that he was calling me, but I was like, no, no, no. He was calling me to, to the Benedictine way, which is a very simple, hidden uh, um, spirituality for beginners, really. It's what St. Benedict speaks about, the school of the Lord's service, a little rule for beginners. And it's really just the Catholic faith, the, the basic spirituality, uh, lived to please God in a very uh, heroic way. If you're just joining us, this is Real Presence Live. We're visiting with Sister Miss Cordia. Uh, she is uh, the sister uh, of Benedictines of Mary. She's part of the order there. And again, a, a Sister Wilhelmina, her body being found incorrupt a number of months ago as they, uh, they were going to move her bones, which they thought they would find, just her bones, uh, to a chapel they were building. And so we're visiting with Sister. A little bit about her vocation story. And I want to back up a little bit, Sister, with, uh, you kind of gave us a little bit of a summary of your journey. But... Uh, if we, and I like to ask this question, we're, we're in the midst of the Eucharistic revival. And oftentimes, we, one of the things about if people who don't really believe in the Eucharist, 
uh, one of the challenges that we, you know, we, we have to have this encounter with Jesus, this encounter with Christ, knowing who he is, um, and being able to say, as Peter said to him, where will we go? Where would we go? You have the words of eternal life. So what is that moment, if you can recall, sister, uh, an encounter with the Lord uh, that was kind of the response that you're like, I don't have all the answers, Lord, but, but where will I go from here? What, can you get, share with us kind of an yeah. encounter that you had? Yeah, definitely. My, my vocation story was the story of, of being before the Lord in the Eucharist, and that was really, I, I can think of multiple really crucial moments in my, both in my development of my spiritual life and that, that moment of yes, that um, I was really blessed um, to go to a, a Catholic school where the teachers were really just really uh, fervent in their faith, and it makes such an impact on a young teenager because that's the age where you're really, yeah, you're, you're Catholic, you know, you go to Mass and all that stuff, but it has, you have to um, make your faith your own as an adult and, and really embrace it. And it's, 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 um, it's one of those phrases that really is very true, but unfortunately sometimes it's taken out quite the right way, but a personal, personal relationship with Jesus Christ. It's, it's true. We're all called to that. And I remember that what really struck me about some of my teachers that I had, to see them, uh, they would go to daily Mass, they would, stop, they would make um, visits to our Lord in the Blessed Sacrament, in the chapel that we had at the school, and it really struck me, and the way they prayed, and the way they... I mean, you observe these things, you know, how they receive our Lord very reverently in, in communion, and these are your mentors, and you really look up to them. And it really got me thinking more and more, okay, how do I receive the Lord in communion? What kind of thanksgiving do I make? Do I ever come and visit Him during the day? And um, I started making those efforts, um, and then, um, you know, fast forward a few, few years, you know, really trying to take my faith more seriously, I would go to Eucharistic adoration on a regular basis, and it was you know, before the Lord, Eucharistic Jesus, um, that I, he was calling me to be his bride. My, the, the moment of proposal was, was at a holy hour, and uh, I, was, I was on my knees. <laughs> and that's a great, a great story where you, that encounter with the Lord. How does that, and sister, you know, everybody encounters the Lord um, in a different way. Some people, you know, there's more of an emotional response. Other people have more of an intellectual response. There's obviously, it's both faith and reason, as we know. But for you, what did that... What did that feel like? What did that was it? Was it intellectual? Was it was it uh, emotional? Can you explain for it? Because a lot of times, what I want for our listeners is sometimes we don't really know that we're encountering the Lord. We don't notice mm-hmm. it, and 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 I, I want to no. help help us all to to look for that. What does that feel like? What is it? What, what's that experience yeah. like? Yeah, and then one of those things, like because of the, the we are human, we're body and soul. We are always looking for that that feeling and that understanding and that that knowing in a very experiential way that you know the Lord is present, that He loves me, that He's present here, all all of these things. But sometimes He He withholds that so that we are seeking Him for Himself and not for the feelings that we get out of it. Sure, He gives those sometimes, but whenever you you think of a you know. Think of a couple you might know that is, you know, newly in love or had, or newly in love going on 50 years of, of married life. You know, when they're really in love with each other, they're not necessarily always madly in love with each other and buying flowers and chocolates and new things for each other all the time. That just being present to each other and, and being, being uh, willing to sacrifice oneself for the other um, and give and take on a, on a, just on a very daily basis of just being there with them and not necessarily looking for for the feelings or the show and i think that's something that it's there and it's good when it's there 
but we shouldn't always be looking for it all the time. Absolutely. Oftentimes it's just a peace, a silence, mm-hmm. as Elijah mm-hmm. experienced, just a peace, a calming wind of the Lord's presence. Uh, the Holy Spirit blows where he wills, um, and, and he reveals himself as he will in the moment. But being aware of that, that the Lord is trying to reveal himself to you and me in every moment. Even in this moment, he's trying to reveal himself to you and to me for his will. And we're going to continue this conversation on the other side of the break. This is Real Presence Live. Uh, continue our conversation with Sister Misericordia on Real Presence. We'll be right back. Good morning. This is Tom O'Keefe along with Steve Sponskowski. And we are visiting with Sister Misericordia this morning uh, about Sister Wilhelmina. And you may have heard of her uh, in the news. Uh, uh, beautiful woman who has uh, gave her life to the church and was found uncorrupt uh, somewhat accidentally as they're making some changes um, at, at the convent that she's at and uh, she's had a d- dramatic impact on the on the world as we know it so far and so where do you see that going sister what kind of changes or impact do you think that sister will Helmina will have on on the world I think I, I think what it's yet to be un, un, unveiled. You know, our Lord is, is giving us a piece of the pie, one, one piece at a time, a piece of the puzzle, and we're just kind of, you know, following and listening and, and at His disposal for what the next steps would be. Uh, please, God, you know, within, within um, time, uh, if the Church allows, we would move forward in a, in a process of canonization, but that doesn't mean that we can't be collecting testimonies, uh, reports of favors already are starting to come in, uh, people who... Um, Little miracles, big miracles, a priest healed uh, of a heart condition where his, his time was limited, uh, another young mother with cancer, um, and it's, we can't call them miracles yet, but certainly favors that we're receiving um, the testimonies and, and the documentation. And then the smaller, the smaller miracles, which are really not small, they're really huge. You know, people coming back to the faith, people being renewed in their faith, people rec- being reconciled uh, to their family members. Um, really just really beautiful things. People are turning to Sister Wilhelmina. She's someone that is speaking to them and that they feel that they can relate to her. She's someone who lived in their time, suffered in the same way that she did, as they do. Um, just We have so, many, so much um, difficulties right now in, in our country, in the world, in the Church, and she lived all through all of that, too, uh, maybe even, even more so with her, her long life. And I think that's why a lot of people just really feel that really strong connection to her. God raises up uh, the saints for each time, and please God, she will be one of them for our time. Boy, I absolutely agree. You know, I, I think in my own marriage and my own life, as we've come to be familiar with this story, um, you know, we all have this experience of struggling through the secular world and the difficulty of the politics and the, the, the state of the of uh, uh, the church and, and all that. It's it just a, such a source of comfort and peace for people that this could happen in our, in our time, and just kind of brings us back to 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 our trust, to our trust in, in, mm-hmm. in the Lord. So, what kind of changes do you think she's going to have for your community that this experience is well, going to have? But, but for our community, but really for the world. I mean, it's that it's that that witness to what is your response. What is your response to the difficulties in the world, in the country, in your country, in your world, in your, in, even in your own community? Her, she had her own difficulties in her, in her, uh, in religious life. And what is your response? And it's something that I think she's speaking to us, her sisters, her, her daughters, really, because she's our foundress. Um, what is, what is your response? For us, is the, the greater, the response is greater love, greater trust, greater faith, greater fidelity. 
greater perseverance. What are what 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 is your response? What are you going to do about it? You're going to live your life more faithfully with more love, with more trust, and 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 it doesn't have to be big things. You know, just washing the dishes with more love, <laughs> sleeping on the floor with more love, milking the cow with more love. You know, giving yourself to your sisters with with more charity, with more patience, more with more kindness. Um, that's be the change, really. That's that's where personal holiness. That's where the rubber hits the road, is really live your vocation. And it's something that's not just for her, her daughters, for her sisters, but really for everyone. The fidelity to daily duty, perseverance, even in the, in the darkness and the difficulties and the trials and the crosses. Because it's through those very things that the heart is expanded, that would become channels of grace for others through suffering. And I think, and especially Sister Wilhelmina being so merry, and she, was, she loved the Blessed Mother so much, that's what Our Lady did. And I think that more than anything, she wants us to, she's pointing to our, to our Lady, and Our Lady points us to our Lord. But be like Our Lady, be like our Lord. You know, what a wonderful thought. And I was thinking about Our Lady with her Magnificat, with, you know, um, this sense where the angel came to her and asked her to be the mother of God. And her response is fiat, yes. But her response when she goes to visit her, her cousin Elizabeth is this Magnificat, which is about magnifying the Lord. And, and, and let's talk a little bit about that too, where in the sense of the Lord does these great miracles, these great works, not only just to, to just show the holiness of, of Mary or the, the holiness of Sister Wilhelmina, but also to show us his greatness and his great his great love for us and his desire to be so close to us. Can you talk a little bit about that? No, oh, definitely. That's very much the case because the the magnifying, the point, the pointing to God. I mean, he is he is the great one. He is the creator. He is beauty. He is truth. And when we get those glimpses of of him through little miracles that we don't even notice, or big miracles like a incorrupt. <laughs> sister in your front yard. I mean, the Lord's speaking. He's speaking, but He doesn't speak in, in, in grandeur as, as, as one would think, as, 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 as God. He speaks in, in, in silence, in peace, in, in the, those little yeses that we give Him every day, those little fiats. Sure, there's those moments of Magnificat where, you know, you just, it's <laughs> explosive in, in a way, the encounter with the, with the Lord. Um, but mostly, it's 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 in the it's in the little things. It's in the little things, and the Holy Spirit. That's how he how he works. It's, it's in the little things. I think it's a great reminder for us. I think in this day and age too, we're very drawn to uh, doing really dramatic things, having a huge impact, mm-hmm. making a big difference. And even when we talk about the saints, we often talk about the great impact that they had, the great ideas that they had. And at the end of the day, it was the little things, the faithfulness mm-hmm. with which they approached the Lord, them making themselves available to His will. Uh, on a daily basis and making themselves available to that, again, that relationship, relationship with God, relationship with one another, that is actually what makes great things possible. As we go back to the interior life, right? We talk, if with their, everything must flow from the interior life. If we don't have a prayer life, a spiritual life, all the great works that we even try to do for the Lord will die without that relationship with them. That's why we need the sacraments, going to the Eucharist, going to confession. None of our great works will be great unless we really take in that source, the source and somewhat of our faith, which is the Eucharist and being present to the Lord so that he can be present in us. That's, that's the, that is the, 
what we bring to the world. It's not ourselves. It's not our gifts. It's him in us. And I, I think that's the, what we're talking about here with Sister Wilhelmina. It was all a surprise. This wasn't the it's plan. It wasn't no. the plan. But the no. Lord revealing himself in that. You can't, you can't plan miracles. You can't plan <laughs> miracles. They just happen. But he, he allows them to happen, to point to something. And as you were saying all of those things, I was thinking, Sister Wilhelmina, Sister Wilhelmina, Sister Wilhelmina. She was so Eucharistic in her love. I mean, she was so faithful to the daily duty, it, but it was so much love that she put into it. And I think that's one of the main reasons why not on our, is our Lord allowing this miracle of, of not allowing her to de- decay and decompose um, as a, not only a sign of his resurrection, but of the great love that filled her body and really that she used for her body in all of her daily acts of, of prayer and work and sacrifice to show that love. And, and, and it was her love that really is why she's incorrupt. Love doesn't pass away. And it, not only her love in a general way, you know, we're all called to charity, but particularly her spousal love. And so there's this, this additional miracle of not only her body being preserved, but her actual habit, which for, for nuns, for religious, you know, the habit, she she really thought it was so important to wear the full religious habit at, because it's a sign of her bridal relationship with the Lord, that spousal relationship. You know, brides wear a veil for a day. Nuns wear uh, a veil every day because they're always a bride of Christ. And, and her wedding gown, her, her habit, she received it uh, as a bride of Christ, and she wore it every day to show that she was a bride of Christ. And I think that it was not just her love of the Lord, but it was particularly her spousal love of the Lord that is, is a really powerful witness and a sign um, to her, her community, her, her, her sisters here, but also to the world, that a, a bride of Christ is a mother of souls, and so she can be a mother to anyone. Sister, as, I, as, as we spoke during the break, you know, your use of spousal language is, is so beautiful in, in your relationship and in, in your uh, to, to the nuns, but I'm I'm just thinking about this love. I'm sitting here doing this mini exam, and it, it, as as you talk, and do do they know me by my love? As they knew Sister Will Wilhelmina by love. When I return to work today, will people know me by my love, or how will they know me? You know, when I go home tonight to my wife, how how does my how does this change me? How does that mm-hmm. the, the, those little things? Will my will my wife know me by my love? And I just think that's something all we can do. We can all do then as as our exam and as what did our love look like today as, mm-hmm. as we lived out our life? Because you obviously say, Sister Wilmina, you could see that in her. Yes. Yes. Over and over, every day. And really, I mean, we have no excuse. <laughs> we, we got to see it day in and day out. And now we're sharing it with the, with the world, really. But just what, what does love look like? It, it looks like Sister Wilmina and so many saints, like Our Lady, like Our Lord. I mean, you, you see love incarnate, love made flesh in the daily sacrifices, so the daily I love yous that make up our life. Well, if you're just joining us, this is Real Presence Live. We've been visiting with Sister Misericordia uh, from the org about Sister Wilhelmia. Uh, just about a minute left here, Sister. Any final thoughts you'd like to share with our listeners? Come see Sister Wilhelmina. She may not be... Uh, we may not be terribly close, but you are most welcome to come and visit her and, and, and pray with her. You know, she's she she really, I think, has a lot to say to, to everyone. And her story is really, really uh, being told now 
but I think there's a lot of chapters to come, and we're excited to share those with everyone that would, would be able to come and, and meet her and get to know her as we have. Benedictines of Mary.org is the website for more information. And uh, Sister Misericordia, I just like saying your last name. It's so, or your name, it's so beautiful. Uh, and there's probably a story behind that too, but we're out of time to do that. So thank you for joining us so much today. We appreciate it. Thank 